Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Selection varies by location. You Live from the Hogs Meat Market Studios, this is Out of Bounds. He takes off again. Pitch down and in. Bane throw. There's no chance. Two steals. Santa Cruz had already looked a couple of times at Brian Anderson, knowing that if he got a job, he's going out. With John Neighbors. Every time you put a mic in my face, I'm going to say Arkansas. And Joe Franklin. We won't go into shell. We won't go into attack mode. Because that's what's required. On 1037 The Buzz. Appreciate everybody listening in on this beautiful day here in the great state of Arkansas. John Neighbors, Joe Franklin, broadcasting live from the Hogs Me Market Studios with you today. And thank you, as always, for making us a part of your afternoon this afternoon. It's been a fun-filled show here on a Reaction Monday presented by Fleet Management Services. We've been having all the reactions to everything happening over the sports weekend. Appreciate the phone calls and text messages as well. But we know with the Major League Baseball... Got the home run derby, but also got the draft going on. And yesterday, Arkansas Razorbacks had a few signees that got drafted. And even today, had a few players currently on the roster that's been drafted. So let's keep it moving and keep talking about it. Because we got Andrew Ellis of Hogsports.com joining us on the Jones and Sun Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Hotline to break it down as far as what has happened so far in the Major League Baseball draft for the Arkansas Razorbacks, as well as what's going to be happening and joins us now. So, Andrew, as always, man, appreciate it, man. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. I was really hoping Jace Portman would get drafted before uh, before two o'clock, so we could, you know, so I could do this interview without really having to look too close at it. But I'm, I'm sure he's totally going to go in the next few minutes. I remember last year when I was on radio with you, Mason Deville got drafted in like the 18th, 19th <laughs> round. So I'm sure we'll keep the tradition going, and there'll be a, a notable player drafted for the Hogs. Oh yeah. I'm on air with you. oh yeah, yeah, because we got uh, we got Twitter and everything, and then uh, the Major League Baseball Network, all that stuff going on it right. So between all of us, surely we'll have uh, the latest up to date information as soon as something like that happens. But still, uh, it's it's pretty fascinating because I do want to get into the players that are on the Razorback roster or were on the team last year. But before we do that, yesterday first round picks. We know in the second round you had prospects get drafted that Arkansas has had signed. What, was, that, was that any surprise to you as far as where they got drafted, who got drafted, and is there any any chance whatsoever that any of those guys say, you know what, I'm going to turn down millions of dollars just to come and play at the University of Arkansas? Well, you know, there weren't any. There, like big picture, there aren't any big surprises. Like the the, the signees that we expect to sign are the ones that are looking like they're going to sign. You, know, you think of Walker Martin, Aiden Miller, Nathan Santello, Kendall George. But I will say, yes, the order of where they got drafted definitely surprised me. And Ken- Kendall George was a guy that, you know, was kind of in that 50 to 60 range. And if you look on Perfect Game, they actually have him kind of lower on their high school ranking. So I expected to hear his name early in day two. But seeing him be the, the second signee off the board was a little surprising. But, again, it's a guy that you expected to sign. And I think Zanatello is a guy that's been rising up boards a lot lately. And so these last couple of months it seemed like he was a guy that was probably not going to make it to campus. Again, I, I didn't expect him to go over Walker Martin, but that's just the way it is. And 
I, you know, I think those top three guys for sure. I just don't see any path to them turning down that money and coming to school. You know, anything can happen, and we'll, we'll see how it goes. But I'm, I'm not really confident, and I'm not particularly confident on Walker Martin. I think that you know him being taken where he was, he's probably a guy that's going to get an overslot. He'll probably end up signing for more than expected. But uh, you know, I, I don't think MLB teams are usually messing around that range. So when they're when they're drafting those guys, it usually means they've come to some sort of agreement, or there's at least some acknowledgement from both sides that they want to get this done and so i think it would take something probably falling apart but hey who knows how a kid wants to play his leverage but you know so with the high school class like i said no 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 big picture surprises here and there but i i think that these next really 20 30 minutes are going to be very telling for the arkansas you know program and how much they're able to keep from this class and you know with the you know borfin hasn't been off the board but, you know, with the current Arkansas Razorback, there haven't been any real big surprises there. So I would say so far things are going according to script other than Borfin not being drafted. Of the current players, when you see them get drafted, Jackson Wiggins, Hunter Holland, Tavion Josenberger, um, when, when you think about who's in the best position, is it only about where they got drafted with slot value and the money that's attached to it? Or do you look more into the organization they're going into? I, I think it's all about organization. And, uh, you know, I think it's just, you know, you, you're going to – each player has their own pros and cons and all that, but they all develop at their own rate regardless of where they're at. And It's tough to tell how to – what's the real best method for develop, developing a talent. But I really like Tavian Josenberger's situation. I just look at the Baltimore Orioles organization and what they've done the last few years with some of their young prospects. It's a really exciting organization that's made a lot of really positive moves. I mean, Heston Kerstad is knocking on the MLB door. He's a former hog that – is doing great in that organization, and there's tons of other examples. I mean, they have the Rushman to catcher up at the big leagues. They've got so much young talent, and it seems like they've done a really good good job developing those position players. So I think that's a great situation for Kevin Josenberger to go into, and you know, probably higher than we expected. But you know, Jackson Wiggins is one guy that I was a little surprised that he went as high as he did. But I was good. It was good to see him, you know, rise up the boards and, and you know not be affected by that Tommy John surgery. And I think that that's something you'll see going forward is that teams just aren't as terrified of injuries as they used to be whereas 10 years ago if a guy's coming off a major elbow surgery it might give you a little bit of pause you might see him slide down draft board i think mlb teams are seeing it the opposite where they're seeing a guy in jackson wiggins that hasn't reached his full potential yet coming off an injury but he throws 100 he's super projectable a lot of upside so we'll see if he signs under slide but i really like the situation for both of those guys and hunter holland how about him going 74 overall i mean that's a really really nice spot for him and i would say all three of those guys were probably drafted higher than most of us expected so it's really good to see that and i think that just bodes well for arkansas as a program but i, I really like the the landing spot for all three of those guys really yeah it kind of leads me into my next question and just looking at those guys and where they may have been drafted the year before or, or when they were coming out of high school or whatever uh for them to be drafted at the spot that they're at and having some high value uh just what does that do for recruiting but also just to the thing if like hey if you come to arkansas whether you're a transfer or a freshman whoever the development of getting these guys to get drafted and maybe even drafted higher than uh, what was expected the year before or previously. I feel like those types of things are just great bulletin board material for Dave Van Horn in the program, just saying, hey, come to Arkansas. Uh, you not only have success on the field as a team, but we'll also make sure that you get drafted and get drafted very high. No, I, I agree 100%. I think you said it really well there. I, I think that if you're if you're Arkansas and you're recruiting a transfer outfielder for basically any time over the next five years, you got to bring up Tavian Josenberger right away. I mean, it's the guy that when he committed to Arkansas last year out of the portal, there were a ton of people who were kind of like, "Hey, who's this guy?" You know, like looking at his numbers weren't weren't exactly jumping off the page, and you know they were able to take his game to a completely different level. And you got to give Josenberger credit too for you know wanting to be great and putting in that time and evolving as a player, but. I think that's a huge, you know, thing for this coaching staff to lean on. And Hunter Holland, I mean, he's another guy that, you know, he had a good year at Sanjak last year, but I wouldn't say he was a guy who was a can't-miss prospect that everyone in the country was paying attention to this time last year. And seeing guys like that be able to come to Arkansas and raise their stock in the way that they have is just such a huge thing for this coaching staff to pitch. And, you know, we've also seen this coaching staff, it's not like they're doing it with all transfers or with all freshmen or with all underclassmen, upperclassmen, like whatever. We've seen them send guys to the MLB from so many different areas, whether that's in the country or just guys that they brought in as freshmen like Caden Wallace and developed them into being a top two-round pick. They've had a ton of pitchers that they've developed really well, but you know, lately we've seen a rise in these transfers. They've been able to come in and make the most out of their one year, and so like you said, I think that's just a huge thing for the this, this staff to build on, and 
I think bodes really well for the program moving forward. And I, you know, I think next year's draft could be another interesting one with that same regard. I mean, you think of a guy like Hudson White and, you know, just some of these other transfers that they brought in that have a chance to be huge picks. I think that it's, it's a really good sign for this coaching staff. And we're off to a really good, strong start to this day for Arkansas. And we'll see, you know, how these next hour, two hours go. But they are, are, things are developing really well for Arkansas on day two of the MLB draft. Who are some other players, current players, that you expect to get drafted today? Um, you know, Borfin, I mean, Borfin literally any moment, like we said, I think that, that's one that we're, we're looking for. Other than that, I, I, I think there's a chance that might be it for Arkansas today. I mean, he's the only other one. Uh, Jared Wagner's one that, depending on what board you look at, might be a top 250, top 300 type of guy. So maybe he's one to look for later in the draft. But, again, that's a senior. So I think he, you know, he might be a guy that some team – picks earlier and ends up signing well under slot, but I think he's got a good chance. And but as far as current players, Caleb Talley's one that he's kind of the question marker that he's one of the biggest X factors of this draft for Arkansas because nobody really knows where he stands. I mean he had a really good year, so you'd expect that there's some interest with a guy with his power, but you know, you don't really see him on draft boards, so who knows where MLB teams are viewing him and we'll we'll just kinda have to wait and see where he ends up. But as far as current players, I really don't think there's too much left to happen as far as today and then you know, tomorrow we'll kind of see if some of these older senior guys like Zach Morris or Will McIntyre get drafted. But as far as today, I think we're just kind of waiting on Jace Borfin. And then I think the big one is the transfer pitcher from Indiana, Craig Yoho. He's a guy that's kind of risen up boards here lately, and I think he's a guy who could definitely hear his name day two of the draft. And that's one Arkansas fans would definitely like to get to campus. So the longer it goes without seeing his name is a good sign. Why do you think that is about Caleb Cowley, that we're not really hearing a lot about him or not really seeing him on draft boards? I think there's a lot of a lot of factors in this. I think one, he's a guy that came from the JUCO ranks who had an awesome year at JUCO last year, but I don't I don't think a ton of MLB scouts were were driving across country to see him play. You know, especially because going into last year, he wasn't exactly a hot commodity. He had an awesome year at JUCO last year and wasn't drafted, so that you I mean that tells you that he was a relatively unknown commodity coming into Arkansas. And I think even before the season, I remember not seeing much about him. And then, you know, he's a guy that started the year kind of up and down, was in and out of the lineup. I think that's a huge point, you know, where these MLB draft guys start to establish themselves as, as prospects. And that's where guys like Hunter Holland and Tavian Josephberg kind of made their mark was earlier in this season. And Cali was kind of in and out of the lineup at that point. It took him a while to find his footing. So I think later in the year, as he started to turn it on, I just don't think there were too many people from a national perspective that were paying attention to what he was doing and, you know, I'm not I'm not an MLB scout. I'm not saying, hey, this guy totally should be a third-round or fourth-round pick or whatever, but I just look at a guy with his tools and his production and what he did in the SEC this past season. I just have a hard time believing that he won't, you know, hear his name called through 20 rounds of a draft. But, you know, it's going to be interesting to watch. But, yeah, I, haven't, I just haven't really seen any buzz or any, you know, talk about him going in these top ten rounds. So it's hard for me to expect to hear his name called. But he's one that he's so talented and just given what he did, I won't be surprised if some MLB team ends up taking a flyer on him. So you're with Andrew Ellis of Hogsports.com here on the Jones and Sundiamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Oddline. And Andrew, I know you alluded to it a little bit uh, with one particular player, but just as far as looking at the Razorback roster, guys that have committed to transfer that may still be in the mix for the MLB, because we know that that happened last year where there's a few players they would have loved to have had on the roster, but they ended up getting drafted. Do you see other players like that? And also maybe uh, what are some other potential roster moves that the Razorbacks could end up doing this offseason when it comes to uh, transfers or maybe some guys that have their eyes on? You know, I think that Arkansas is still looking for maybe one or two more top arms. You know, I think of a guy like Alabama transfer Luke Holman, who is currently with Team USA, playing with Hagan Smith. Arkansas has got a lot of competition for that one. I mean, Florida, LSU, Tennessee, you name it. Everyone's in on that one. Another one that's really intriguing to me is Mason Molina, left-hander from Texas Tech. He's a sophomore pitcher who just he was a weekend starter at Texas Tech, played with Hudson White, had a really good year, great strikeout numbers. Arkansas seems like they've kind of positioned themselves well from that perspective. I think either one of those guys are guys that you would look at as potential weekend starters that could come right in and contribute. And the beauty of it is they're not draft eligible, so you don't have to sweat it out right now and kind of look for their names on the boards to see what's going to happen you know you're going to be able to get one year out of them. So I think if Arkansas could land either one of those guys, it would really solidify that starting rotation. you probably move one of those guys right in there. And then, you know, with some of these freshmen that have not been drafted yet in Arkansas's class, I think you got to feel pretty good about getting some of those guys to campus. So I think Arkansas, from a 
you know, from a roster construction standpoint, there's not much left to figure out. It's just a matter of seeing who all is going to be here and who all is going to get drafted here down the stretch. It looks like Dylan Custed just got drafted, one of their freshman pitchers coming in. So that kind of changes it a little bit, but not too much. I think there's still a ton of arm talent in this class for Arkansas. And, you know, the guy I mentioned earlier, Craig Yoho, the transfer from Indiana, is another one to keep their eye on because I think they have a huge plan for what he could do for the next year as a potential setup closer guy, maybe even start. And so he's the one draft eligible one that we'll need to watch for these next couple of days. With the signees, do you uh, look at a certain cutoff point as far as slot value where you say that this player is more likely to go to college because the money wasn't there that they probably were accustomed to or thought that they would get? Um, you know, it's tough to build a cutoff point just because you don't know what the, you know, I feel like every player is almost different. I think that, you know, when you think about when you were 18 years old, what would it, what did it have taken for you to not go to college? I think if you ask 10 people that, you might get 10 completely different answers. And so I'm sure it's a little bit the same with these prospects. You know, I think that it's a little bit easier when you're 18 to turn down some of that money rather than when you're a junior like Jay Sporfin, who this is kind of your one chance to make that money. I think once you get outside of the top 100 and those slot values, or the top 200 and those slot values get down below 200,000, I just I see a lot of those high school kids thinking, hey, I might as well just go ahead and bet on myself and go to school and we'll see what we can do. So, you know, I think once you get past 200, I think uh, when it comes to your top high school prospects, I wouldn't expect to see too many of them drafted and worry about signing. And I think if they are drafted, it's probably a late-round flyer type of situation. But, you know, who knows? You know, we're, we're getting down now to the, the, the pick that just happened was 153, and the, the projected slot value there is 400,000. And it's just getting smaller and smaller as this draft goes on. And so I think as you see that number start to get down, I think there's a better chance for these high school kids to end up making it to campus. And I think Arkansas is in a good spot with a lot of them. So things are going really well so far. But, you know, to answer your initial question, I, I don't know if you could really put a cutoff just because I think it's so different player to player. But I would say around the top 200 is about – where I think of in terms of high school guys. If you can get them past 200, you're probably getting them to school. Andrew, we had a discussion, too, where some people have talked about the timing of the Major League Baseball draft and how uh, they don't like it, and maybe it's unfair to uh, certain coaches or to teams and whatnot. Uh, we know Dave Van Horn a couple weeks ago talked about how he did not like it. He wanted it earlier uh, and sort of been going on right now, as he said, as the press conference went on. Is there a right answer or right solution to, to making it to where – it works out for both Major League Baseball and for college baseball and for high school and everybody involved? Or is this as good as it's going to get and we just got to live with it going forward? I just have a hard time believing this is the best situation they have just because, you know, the MLB does it because they want to lump it in with their all-star game and kind of their all-star festivities. you got the home run derby going on tonight, and so I think they want to make the most of this little weekend. But I think people, the people that are paying attention to the MLB draft are very rarely MLB fans. I think it's more of these, you know, got people like us who are following a college team and kind of just seeing where you're worried about the players selected rather than the teams themselves. Just because the MLB draft, it's not like the NFL draft or NBA draft where you're, 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 you're selecting a guy and hoping they're coming in right away. I think that MLB fans as a whole probably aren't paying too much attention, especially after the first couple of rounds. So I just think it's pointless to try to move the entire scheduling of it around the MLB All-Star break whenever they're really two events that are not connected in any way whatsoever. And I think it's crazy that college coaches like Dave Van Orn have to go basically the entire month of June trying to build their roster but having no real idea of what that roster might look like, what all guys are coming back, what all freshmen you're getting. I just think it's, it's kind of an impossible task that they've dealt these college coaches with. I think college coaches also didn't love having the draft same weekend as the regionals which it had been for so long because you have players getting drafted in the middle of elimination games and stuff like that so maybe they end up just lumping it in with the college world series i think that would be actually pretty cool to have you know some guy like a guy like paul Skeens pitch in the final game of the college world series and then go get drafted number one overall the next night i think that would be a kind of cool thing if they could kind of tie it to omaha and have maybe take it have it take place there i think from a timing standpoint and just logistics it makes a lot of sense but you know, the MLB is going to do what they want to do, and everyone else will just have to adjust to it. And another thing, too, Andrew, is uh, just looking at it from like the Arkansas perspective, is there, like, what is the system and how do you go about it to where you want to recruit kids coming out of high school and then you offer them and they sign them, but then they just, you know, end up going to the MLB? Arkansas had, I think, tied with Vanderbilt for the most prospects that got drafted on the first day of the MLB draft. 
Is there a way to kind of adjust and maybe fix that? Or is it just something that coaches have to take a risk on where, hey, if these players are that good and you want them on your team, that's great, but odds are they're not going to be on your team and you just wasted a lot of time recruiting them. Yeah, you know, I think it's interesting because I think a lot of these guys are committing and signing so far in advance, whereas, like, I think of a guy like Peyton Stovall, at the time he committed to Arkansas, he might not have been seen as a top 50, top 60 overall pick type of guy. I think he was a talented prospect, but not necessarily someone they were worried about from a draft risk standpoint, but he had such a good junior and senior year, he kind of rose up boards. And so I think there's, you know, when a kid's 16, I think it's hard to speculate on, like, hey, should we waste time? Is he going to end up being there? I think you just got to accumulate talent. And I do think Arkansas has done a good job of finding guys in that kind of mid-range. This year they've had such a good class that they have elite talent, mid-range talent, and some low-end guys. Like They have pretty much everything. So I think the way that they approach it this year was let's just accumulate as much talent, and then eventually we'll figure it out. And then from a numbers standpoint, some of these guys are going to have to make it to campus, and it seems like that's kind of what's happening for them here. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I think that there's – there's some guys that, you know, when they're 16 years old and they're a top-five player in their class, you kind of just know already with the tools that he's going to – like a guy like Aiden Miller. I think they knew when he committed, when he signed, that it was a long shot. But you might as well go ahead and do it, and I think that it's something you can go ahead and do. Um, but, I, yeah, I, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer, especially when you're recruiting these guys a couple of years in advance. You just kind of have to stockpile as much talent as you can. And, you know, the transfer portal gives you a little bit more margin for error where – you kind of know what's going to happen. And the reality of it is, and kind of a harsh reality, is that half of these freshmen, at least, are probably not even going to end up on the roster next spring anyway, whether that ends up being you come to fall and you don't make the roster and so you transfer to a JUCO, whether you sign or stuff like that. So there, there's just there's it's, it's tough to really, you know, you know, like I was saying, it's tough to build your roster for these college coaches because there's just an endless number of unknown variables. But, I, you know, I'm not Dave Van Horn, but I think that the right answer is just stockpile as much talent as you can and, and hope for the best, and I think that's what happened. Well, Andrew, we appreciate you joining us. Great stuff, man. Enjoy the rest of the MLB draft, and we'll catch up with you later down the road. All right, sounds good, man. Y'all have a good one. Best and worst of the weekend here on Out of Bounds. Coming up next, stay with us. Voted best of Las Vegas, Jason Bird will leave you speechless with his jaw-dropping illusions. Don't miss his live show Saturday, July 29th, 7 p.m. at the Robinson Center Music Hall. Sports Center. In the NBA Summer League over the weekend, a pair of pro Razorbacks made their debuts. On Saturday, Anthony Black had 17 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, and 3 steals on 7 of 10 from the field in the Magic's 89-78 loss to the Pistons. Jordan Walsh had 18 points, 5 rebounds, and 2 steals on 6 of 11 from the field and 4 of 6 from 3 in the Celtics' 99-88 loss to the Heat. Ricky Council IV made his Las Vegas Summer League debut and had 14 points and 8 rebounds in the 76ers' 110-101 win over the Knicks. Then yesterday, Jordan Walsh and the Celtics played again. He had 12 points on 4 for 14 shooting in the 103-98 loss to the Wizards. And Nick Smith Jr. had 11 points on 3 for 10 shooting in the Hornets 93-75 loss to the Lakers. Today in the Summer League, the 76ers and Ricky Council IV will face the Mavericks at 7 p.m. on ESPNU. And Anthony Black and the Magic will take on the Pacers at 7.30 on NBA TV. I'm Christian Weaver with the Buzz Radio Network. Join Delta Waterfowl for the Duck Hunters Expo July 28th through the 30th at the Little Rock State House Convention Center. Three action-packed days of exciting demonstrations, seminars, and vendors. Find out more information at DeltaWaterfowlExpo.com. Don't miss it. Congratulations. You're having a little girl. At that moment, everything changed. Our hopes and dreams for ourselves were instantly replaced by our hopes and dreams for her. We got life insurance policies from Shelter Insurance, so that regardless of what life throws at us, we'll still be able to provide the world to her. Shelter Life Insurance Company, Columbia, Missouri. See shelter agents Chad Kesterson in Arkadelphia, Kyle Stone in Pine Bluff, or Blake Jumper in Benton. If you're a lover of the outdoors, be sure to catch Ray Tucker's Arkansas Outdoors Monday evenings at 7 here on 103.7 The Buzz. Ray and co-host Brian Hendricks, outdoor editor of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, explore the natural state and much, much more. All the fun is brought to you by Guatney Buick GMC. Ray Tucker's Arkansas Outdoors Monday evenings at 7 here on 103.7 The Buzz. I don't want to go to bed at night dreading waking up in the morning knowing that I'm going to feel like a rusty lawn chair getting out of bed and getting opened up and 
not being able to really move for a couple hours really throughout the day. For former college and pro football player Bobby Carpenter and those dealing with daily aches and pains, QC Kinetics regenerative pain treatments are a game changer, providing long-lasting relief. Go into a specific joint, a specific region, and then help promote that healing process using your own body's mechanisms to heal. I mean, that's been something that's pretty powerful, and there's no surgery, there's no downtime. QC Kinetics natural treatments help the body heal and restore itself. No more rusty lawn chair. It's no surprise to see people being willing to try this first, especially when it has such great results. Pain relief the natural way. QC Kinetics. Call today for your complimentary consultation. Find out if you're a good candidate for treatment. Call QC Kinetics. 501-222-8440. That's 501-222-8440. 501-222-8440. It's Justin Acre for Certipro Painters. We're all getting ready for summer, and if you want to spruce up your home for summer, Certipro Painters could be the answer you're looking for. Each Certipro Painters business is independently owned and operated. Schedule your free estimate at Certipro.com. That's Certa with a C. If you're thinking about getting a paint job done for the interior or exterior of your home, you need to hurry up and get on the schedule soon because it's filling up quickly. So plan for your next project. You'll be happy you did. Cleanliness, thoughtfulness, and attention to detail. You'll get all of it with my friends at Certipro Painters. So get them scheduled for your project today. Hey, Laura Beth, I love that Kaufman by Design and West has what it takes to make a big holiday weekend even bigger and better. Yeah, David, we at Kaufman proudly support our active military, first responders, and veterans, and we want to make these holiday weekends super special. You can chill and grill with our large selection of Pelican coolers or even the big green egg grills that range from size small to extra large. We can provide the home items that you need to make it a great holiday to remember. If you want to have a great holiday, check out Kaufman by Design and West on Highway 10 right past Taylor Loop Road or check them out online at KaufmanLumber.com. This is Pat Bradley. Tune in every Tuesday when I join Justin and Wes in the zone. Brought to you by River City Flooring. Visit RiverCityFlooringInc.com, RiverCityFlooringInc.com. Make it the event that everyone wants to attend by getting your meat for tailgates, parties, or just family get-togethers at Hogs Meat Market. Hogs Meat Market, the steak people. You're listening to Out of Bounds with John Neighbors and Joe Franklin. Y'all better put him in the Heisman. You better put him up there. I'm tired of him being number, number four. We got that wood right here, baby. Somebody better look at this right guy. Here. He's the best football player in the country, and his name's not being mentioned. Lou Holtz, Mark May, number five. You better look at him a little closer. He's a football player. On 103.7 The Buzz. <laughs> it's a great time to get to Twin Peaks for happy hour, 2 to 7. Later happy hour, 10 to close. Enjoy all the food and drink specials that go along with it. Get a lunch combo starting as low as $7.99. If you want to take some food to go, you can order online, curbside, or to go, courtesy of Postmates, DoorDash, and Uber Eats. Twin Peaks has great drink specials during happy hour. Apps for $2, 4 and $6. And Twin Peaks has plenty of seating inside and out. Wall-to-wall TVs to catch all the sports action. Coming up this week at Twin Peaks, you can watch Wimbledon. The Home Run Derby is tonight. Major League Baseball All-Star Game tomorrow night. Plenty of NBA Summer League every night at Twin Peaks. And USA is, is uh, in the Gold Cup right now in soccer. The men's national team, they're playing in the semis Wednesday versus Panama. So get to Twin Peaks and watch all the sports action this week. It's Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. It is a Reaction Monday here on Out of Bounds, presented by Fleet Management Services. Appreciate Andrew Ellis of Hawksports.com joining us on the Jones and Son Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Hotline in the previous segment. And uh, a few uh, updates that uh, we'll have before we get into best and worst of the weekend. Uh, no Razorbacks have been drafted during that commercial break or anything, but still uh, had a few people that were, were texting in. And uh, this comes from um, the 501 saying, I kept hearing that Peyton Stovall actually turned down $2 million to come to the Hogs. Is that true? And the answer is yes. <laughs> it, it was true. In fact, we had Peyton Stovall, I believe, the day after or two days after he decided to come to Arkansas after turning down Major League Baseball in the draft. And uh, he, he explained it, and he said, of course, there was a number that they looked at, but... Uh, decided to come to Arkansas anyway. So, yeah, that he did turn down at least the stories and the reports that there's around $2 million at that slot value to come to Arkansas. And uh, let's see, also Stat, you know, his LSU fandom and Conway says, the only team in college sports that have the number one pick in the NFL, MLB, WNBA, and NBA draft. So, pigskin is not on, it is not your Wolverines, Stat and Conway. So, yeah, LSU fans have a lot of reasons to be happy and proud right now because they got a lot going on for them. 
individually and uh, as teams. Uh, it was a good year for them, and don't take it for granted because you got to keep it up. And I know that uh, with football and basketball and baseball again coming around next year, we'll see if they can uh, build upon those things too. But with uh, it being a reaction Monday, there are some highlights and some lowlights that we need to get into, so let's do it with the best and worst of the weekend. It was the best of times. In your life have you seen anything like that? It was the worst of times. Nuts and bolts, we got screwed. Third down. It's time for the best and worst of the weekend on Out of Bounds. All right, best and worst of the weekend. Let's start with the best of the weekend because, again, it's, it's a great sports weekend. People like to hate on it, but there was some great sports weekend there, too. But how about... De La Cruz, man. This guy in Major League Baseball is just incredible. And he's over here stealing the second base and third base and then home on just two pitches. Just listen to the call because it doesn't get any more hype than this. He takes off again. Pitch down and in. Fame throw. There's no chance. Two steals. De La Cruz had already looked a couple of times at Brian Anderson knowing that if he got a jump, he's going. Hard to beat that, and you can have the excitement surrounding it, too. He, he just continues to do a lot of great things, whether it's with his hitting, with his running, with his stealing. Uh, this guy looks like the real deal Holyfield, and uh, that's some uh, type of player that baseball always will enjoy and always will need. But to do something like that just continues to show just how incredible he is, and he did that over the weekend, and to me that was one of the best of the weekend. Kelsey Plum scored 40 in the game yesterday, and she had 24 in the, going into the fourth quarter, so she needed 16. She scored 16 in the fourth quarter to get to 40, but career high for her in WNBA, and uh, Kelsey Plum just continues to play great, and she's on the best team in the league and the Las Vegas Aces. They are the defending champs, and looks like they could be on their way to back-to-back championships. Uh, another best of the weekend, and actually I'm going to use this as a best of the week because I was off last week down there at the beach, and uh, I wanted to say that just it is technically sports-related, but uh, the amount of fans that were there from other SEC schools especially uh, was was awesome because you know there's a lot of people that go to that area, to that beach, no matter if they're Tennessee fans or an A&M fans or Auburn fans, Georgia fans, whatever it was. But uh, it was one of those days where I was somehow given the – Great opportunity to carry the majority of our equipment down to the beach. I don't know why, but it was in the back of my truck, and I'm trying to put it... You know, I'm like the guy with the groceries, uh, grocery bags where I'd rather bring in all 37 grocery bags before I make two trips just because. It's kind of the same thing. And I was putting it all together, and a Tennessee volunteer fan, an older guy and his, and his wife come up. He's like, hey, you need a hand? It's like, oh, really? And he's like, yeah, yeah, well, let me help you out. So he carried, helped me carry some stuff. Uh, it was really nice, and also... I uh, saw, uh, you know, with one some of the days it was really windy out there. There's an A&M fan where it got uh, pretty nasty and some tents were blown over, and he was out there helping everybody and putting their tents down. So it was just cool to see, you know, when we hate each other during the season and like to talk trash on social media and make fun of other fan bases. I know I do extremely often. But to see all of them and, and to see those fans and to just see, hey, at the end of the day, uh, there's still people still uh, going to help out uh, fellow fans of other schools in the SEC is always cool, but also I just think it's funny because I told the Tennessee guy, I was like, hey, listen, uh, we're, we're, it's kind of like a fraternity. We can't, you know, you can't hate on our teams, only we can hate on our teams in the SEC, because if it was an Ohio State fan or a Michigan fan or USC fan, probably wouldn't have been as nice, but it was just cool to see uh, the amount of kindness that was shown by other fans in the SEC down there this past week. Best for LSU having the top two players in the Major League Baseball draft, Paul Skeens going to the Pirates, number one overall, Dylan Cruz going to the Washington Nats at two. Yeah, First that, time ever. That's, I mean, again, you got to give credit where credit is due. Anytime you have that on top of a College World Series title, uh, that's, that's absolutely awesome for them. Uh, okay, so I'll start with the worst of the weekend because I was trying to read more into this story because it was quite the crazy thing when I saw it. It happened, I guess, last week, and I know it was probably discussed, or, uh, but more things have come out about it. But this whole Britney Spears and Victor Wimbenyama thing, like, this was wild. And I started looking at it, and I saw the video that TMZ put out of, of the altercation that actually happened, and it was just so strange. 
Like, I'm not taking sides because I don't know exactly. You watch the video, you can come to your own conclusions on it. Uh, but for the video is pretty clear. Like it, it, it's like he, she was going up to him, and like you know, yelling that she wanted to meet him and kind of grabbed him, and then uh, one of his uh, bodyguards or whatever just w- reached back and knocked her glasses off and everything. Like just a weird situation, and I don't know if it was intentional. I don't know if it was just whatever happened, but it was just really weird to see that, that that would be two people that I would not see involved in some sort of major altercation and i know apologies have been made and, and and everything but just a very an odd deal where uh you can't be involved in that situation you can't can't allow something like that to to happen but just a sad deal overall especially like again not saying picking sides or anything but if you think about from Wimben yama it's like man he's just now getting into the league and having something like that happen that he's involved in is not exactly something you want to have done and off the off the court or uh, dealing with someone like Britney Spears, who's pretty iconic. So just a weird story. Wish it didn't have happened, but it did happen, and hopefully uh, they can move on from And hopefully it wasn't anything intentional. It was just something that was a, a poorly timed mistake. Trinity Rodman, daughter of Dennis Rodman, she was off the bench to play in the second half in the U.S. 2 nothing win versus Wales yesterday. Trinity Rodman scored both goals, so she didn't play until second half of the game. But she was the one that scored both goals to uh, get U.S. to a win yesterday versus Wales in their send-off game before a Women's World Cup. Okay, so another uh, worst of the weekends. This is not sports-related, but I'm going to bring it up because it, it always will drive me crazy, and it's something that we've talked about before. But yesterday, I was getting back into the groove of things after the trip and trying to go to the you know the stores, and uh, whether it's buying groceries or whatever. I won't say what particular establishment this was at, but I got done shopping there, and I walk out, and what do I see well, railed up against my truck is a grocery cart. Yep, a grocery cart. A rogue grocery cart that was just left there. It wasn't sitting in the middle of the lot, or it wasn't sitting in a parking spot or anything. It was literally up against my truck. And I went over there, and I saw that there was indeed uh, not anything major damage, but a little dent made in my truck from someone who just did not return the grocery cart. Um, it wasn't anything that, you know, to throw a fit about or try to get their number and all that to get insurance. Not, like, not, it's not to that level, but it still just drives me nuts. And it still drives me crazy that people are still to that point where they won't put up their grocery carts because of that exact thing that happens right there. Folks, please put up your grocery carts. It's not that difficult. It's not that hard. And because of that, I got a dent on my fine Chevy Silverado from Guadney Chevrolet, and I do not appreciate it because now I'm going to have to live with that while you just go about your business because you couldn't walk four steps. Because I'm not kidding you, Joe. It was the cart return was four parking spots from me. Four parking spots. Still cannot return it. That's sad. Can't let that happen. And it just really set me off over the weekend. Best to the Braves. They have best record in MLB going into the All-Star break at 60-29. and 29. Only club in Major League Baseball to have 60 wins. And they played against the Tampa Bay Rays, who have the second best record over the weekend, and they took two or three from the Rays. Worse, the Northwestern hazing mm-hmm. situation, which more info continues to come out on it. And Pat Fitzgerald has already been suspended for two weeks. Head coach there at Northwestern, and as more info comes out, situation continues to get worse, and they're looking at making additional punishment to the two weeks he's already been suspended. Yeah, I want to keep. I want to talk about that on the other side of the break because there is a lot from that that is uh, getting worse and worse for the Northwestern football program as the story develops. We'll talk about that as best and worst of the weekend. Continue on with the reaction Monday, 501-661-1037 is that number to call or text in. More Out of Bounds coming up next, so you better stay with us. If you're hiring, it can feel like you're trying to find a needle in a haystack. You can hope the right person comes along, or you can just use ZipRecruiter. And now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com free. In fact, ZipRecruiter has helped a lot of business owners find their needle in a haystack. Like Marco, president of operations at Tele Tires and Auto Centers. 
Because Telly Tires has grown a lot in the last few years, Marco needed to hire everyone from a receptionist to a store manager to a head mechanic. ZipRecruiter helps me find all the right people, even the most difficult jobs to fill. ZipRecruiter helps me keep my business running. Take it from Marco and millions of other businesses who've used ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter can help you find the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. At ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash F-R-E-E. ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Hey, this is Trey Johnson with HJ Trailer Sales in Hot Springs, the number one North Star truck bed dealer in the world, plus J&I truck beds, Warner truck beds, and RKI truck beds, winches, brush guards, Kurt, B&W, gooseneck balls, fifth wheel hitches, receiver hitches, along with a full line of WeatherTech accessories. HJ Trailer Sales, 808 Albert Pike in Hot Springs. Find us on Facebook or online at hjtrailersales.com. If there's an accessory for your truck, we carry it. H.J. Trailer Sales. Every day, we do one thing, and we do it at the highest level. We formed Arkansas Urology more than 25 years ago, and ever since, our world-class team has gained experience and expertise in every aspect of urology. Today, you'll find our state-of-the-art facilities across Arkansas, where the latest technologies are used in innovative ways by skilled specialists who are dedicated to one thing, improving lives every day. Schedule your appointment at ArkansasUrology.com. Do you know what brand sells the most work shoes in America? Skechers. Why? Skechers has the best-looking safety toe and slip-resistant shoes around. They've got superior quality and simply incredible prices, but many people get them just for the style. So you can enjoy tough, steel-toed protection and slip-resistant soles anywhere, even if you don't need them for work. And since they're Skechers, you know they're going to be comfortable with Skechers' exclusive air-cooled memory foam. Find your new pair of Skechers safety toe and slip-resistant work shoes at a Skechers store, at Skechers.com, or wherever work shoes are sold. At the Home Depot, we'll get your kitchen clicking with savings on top brand appliances like a new LG Counter-Depth Max refrigerator with ultra-large capacity on the inside and a seamless look on the outside. Or an LG oven with built-in air fryer for crispier, healthier cooking. Plus, with convenient shopping in-store and online at the Home Depot, your innovative new appliances are just a click away, too. Final days to get special buy savings plus up to $1,000 off select kitchen appliances like this exclusive LG kitchen package at the Home Depot ends July 12th. The Sunken Land Songwriting Circle features three world-class songwriters sharing the stage for an evening of music and storytelling. Roseanne Cash will host the event and will be joined by Rodney Kroll and Sarah Yaros. This benefit will be held on August 12th at the Fowler Center in Jonesboro. All proceeds benefit the ongoing upkeep and operation of the Johnny Cash Boyhood Home. Tickets are available at Ticketmaster.com. This ad was paid for with a combination of state and regional association funds. In Central Arkansas, cleaning has a new meaning, and that's FMS. For the best in industrial or commercial services, one-time construction cleans to monthly contracts, from strip and seals of any surface to epoxy coatings or polished concrete. Remember the name, Facility Maintenance Services, the mean, clean, brightening machine. So if you're busy trying to run a business, let FMS take care of the rest by calling Timber or Harrison at 501-428-6585 or go to FMS4Dice.com. That's FMS, the number four. Dice.com. Get only the best customer service and the best selection of meats at Hogs Meat Market, where they have sliced boar's head deli meats and cheeses. Hogs Meat Market, the steak people. You're listening to Out of Bounds with John Neighbors and Joe Franklin. We might run into some chop. Chop? <laughs> we could handle chop, right? I mean, it's a 170-foot yacht. No, no, no. We're not going anywhere unless he says it's safe. All right? Don't safe. worry about it's the safe. shop. You don't know about shop. Oh, really? And you do? Chop your credit card in half. How about that? On 1037 The Buzz. Break of the day. Give me, give me, give me a man after midnight. Won't somebody help me 
It is Out of Bounds here on a Reaction Monday, presented by Fleet Management Services. Appreciate everybody listening in. If you want in on the conversation, 501-661-1037 is that number to call or to text in. And have Aaron Torres of Fox Sports Radio joining us here in about 15 minutes. Talk to him about some of the national stories, but especially with this uh, Bob Huggins story. And also with this Pat Fitzgerald story of Northwestern. For those that uh, may not know, it's been kind of a... A crazy deal with that. We were talking about in the best and worst of the weekend before we had to take a commercial break. But uh, so this this thing with Pat Fitzgerald, him being suspended for two weeks due to these hazing allegations that are coming out, it, it continues to go more and more on the side of that Pat Fitzgerald and the Northwestern football program have some issues because uh, this is the latest from ESPN, actually uh, talking about a former player who, of course, uh, remained anonymous but uh, talked about some of the hazing that he witnessed and experienced himself at Northwestern. He said a lot of it which was sexualized. And then this was in a letter he says, uh, he said that the, the re- they will reassess the two-week suspension of Fitzgerald that he received Friday following an investigation. But uh, this former player said, Fitz absolutely knew about the hazing in the program. Fitz absolutely failed by not intervening. Fitz knew, and he should have made it stop. And if he truly did not know, he should not be the head coach. Either way, he should not be the head coach because he is monitoring and protecting the safety and well-being of student-athletes. And uh, some of the stuff that uh, went down, or at least some of the allegations that were uh, put forth, had to do with the extremely repetitive things that happened time and time again. Uh, Players uh, being dry-humped in dark rooms and stuff. Just a lot of craziness with this whole story and this whole situation. And I feel like this happened recently, too, with another... It happens all the time with hazing. Like, you hear reports of it and and all of that. Some of it uh, comes out and looks to be true. Other stuff may be a little bit exaggerated. But I don't know. It goes back to the whole thing. I just don't understand the, like, the intense, crazy, extreme incidents of hazing. Like, sometimes things happen. You know, like, or th- hazing is just part of it, whether it's... I hate to put it like that. It's okay, but it's not... I'm not saying it's okay, but, you know, sometimes it's a little bit more, you know, hey, we're just going to... Uh, you know, beat this guy up with some pool noodles real quick, you know, or like we're going to shave his head, you know, just stuff like that that seems to, you know, maybe not want it, but not to be so extreme. But then you have the stuff like this that comes out. I'm like, who, why, why are you doing this? Like, what is, what is the point of all this? Because, again, assuming that these allegations are true, I don't, I don't understand it. I don't get it. And I think that there needs to be some serious repercussions if these things have continued to go on inside the program, especially how serious some of them are in their nature. Well, the question is, how much did Pat Fitzgerald know? How much did the coaching staff know? And if this is something that happens year after year, you would think at some point they would know what's going on. And some of the things, they may not know everything, but they, they would know quite a bit of what's going on there. And it is something that it shouldn't even get to that extent. It does need to stop. Yeah, it does. Because this is uh, just, again, for uh, there's like specific details of it for being being the old group of older players being called the Shrek Gang. And they would have a hazing activity called running, usually against freshmen or younger players who had made mistakes in practice. According to the former player, older players would wear a mask and restrain the victim in a dark locker room and engage in sexual behavior. Uh, and the player was said he was run as a freshman. And they have said they have been held against their will numerous times by numerous upperclassmen with masks on. Uh, they said that uh, there was uh, times where it was led to people not you know, taking issue with it, but the guys basically got told to, to silence themselves or shut up. And they even said that uh, Fitzgerald, according to the former player, says he would be smiling menacingly. Man, that's a hard word to say. But uh, at the individual who messed up while simultaneously clapping his hands over his head in a specific manner that uh, he did, they did something wrong and that they need to be put on the hazing list accordingly. So this is a bad look. This is a bad look for Pat Fitzgerald and a bad look for the Northwestern football program to where, yeah, maybe more than just two games. And, again, I'll never understand it. Well, uh, two weeks. Or two, two weeks, that, weeks, sorry. It started now, right. and it's expected to be over before they even get into fall camp. But there's going to be something added on to it. Needs to be. Like, this is just weird. It's weird to me. And, and it could possibly lead to this termination because there are people that are calling for that. It's certainly, it's getting that point. Like, you start getting a lot of pressure and a lot of fire built behind this. It could end up being where he loses his job, and maybe he needs to. But it's, I just will never understand these extreme cases of hazing. I don't know if it goes on everywhere. I don't know if it's just common practice. Ah, God, you know, boys will be boys, but... That's the case. It needs to stop. That's too much. That's it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's it's just something that doesn't belong 
in any sport, but especially in college athletics, especially when people are being held against their will to do stuff that's very inappropriate. That's not that's not uh, something. Because another one, too, is uh, the former player outlined instances where they had to perform naked acts in the locker room, including mimicking a center, the center quarterback exchange in football games, but also a car wash in which naked linemen soaped up their bodies and blocked the entrance to the team showers. He also described the Gatorade Shake Challenge, which uh, three freshmen were forced to drink as many as Gatorade shakes as they can within 10 minutes, and then they would just start throwing up like crazy. So just crazy stuff that's unnecessary needs to go away, and uh, just a sad deal all around. Because Fitzgerald's been there forever at Northwestern. Like, he's a coach that's been around a long time and has had success there. But He's a legend in the program. He was yeah. their all-time leading tackler as a linebacker. Just disappointing to see all these things, too. But we'll see how it comes out and if they end up punishing him more. Because I think that they, again, assuming these things are true, probably need to. But it also goes back to, I, I'm fascinated, not saying that it'll make me feel right or wrong about it, but I'm fascinated to hear if they'll be, like, when, how long has this gone on and have there been more people that have come forward but just nothing happened? Like, were there more people that are trying to say, hey, this stuff's going on, but they, you know, hushed everybody and said, no, that's not going on. It uh, has it been something to where more people are going to start coming out now that the floodgates have been opened and they'll say, yes, this has been going on? Or are there going to be players that say, hey, none of this happened. This is stuff that did not go on. Like, <laughs> there, I, I, there may I don't be know. some of that, but with the reports out there, it, it's happening. So they can deny all they want to, but there, it, it's definitely something that's been happening. Now, what what makes you really think about, is this something that started under his tenure as the head coach, or are these things that have always gone on at Northwestern and going back to his playing days? It could, it could be that. It could be like a tradition, as weird as that is. But, uh, or, or maybe it was one of those deals to where it started off in a quote-unquote innocent way of just a little bit of hazing here and there, and over time developed into uh, worse and worse things as time went on. It, it could be that. But still, at the end of the day, when you're the head coach of a major college football program, or in this case, talking about pat fitzgerald you know people say well maybe you didn't know about it well if you didn't know about it, that's a problem <laughs> like if these types of things are happening and ongoing that's a problem and you don't know about it and if you did know about it then that makes it even worse because then he's okaying and saying ah this stuff's fine let's it's part of our program not, and that's not just not something you want to have happen or want to be a part of so that story will continue to develop and we'll keep you updated on it but we're up against the top of the hour updates when we come back we'll continue on with our final hour of out of bounds on a reaction monday presented by fleet management services we'll have aaron torres of fox sports radio he's going to join us to talk about this bob huggins situation and also get his thoughts and opinions on the nba summer league and i'm sure we'll talk about this pat fitzgerald thing too with him and we'll keep it moving in the third hour of out of bounds coming up next so stay with us In sports, every coach is looking for the winning combination. Arch Marina North Little Rock is no different. The reason being, they have the winning combination. G3 boats with a Yamaha motor. Your granddaddy trusted Arch Marine, so can you. Paid not attorney spokesperson. Action Matters is responsible for the content of this ad. Toxic water at Camp Lejeune has caused pain, suffering, and death for tens of thousands of dedicated Americans and their families. If you're a current or former Marine, dependent of a Marine, or civilian who worked at Camp 